0: Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on our New Testament text, which is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18-31. through 31. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greek desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters, Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Ours is a world of intelligence, wisdom, guts, and courage. Might makes right and nice guys finish last. It's like some of the rapid-fire lines from George Carlin's classic, Modern Man. Push the envelope, manage risks, be a high flyer, get ahead of the curve, don't snooze or you'll lose, keep the pedal to the metal, have a power lunch and take a power trip, wear a power tie and take a power nap. Or, as even some popular preachers tell us, Nobody plans to fail, but some fail to plan. Tough times never last, but tough people do. High achievers spot rich opportunities swiftly, make big decisions quickly, and move into action immediately. Follow these principles and you can make your dreams come true. Well, if you're struggling to be all you can be, but just not making it to the top. Maybe you've not learned how the system works. You're not savvy to the tricks of the trade. If you've not found the key to true happiness, you may need more letters after your name. Get another degree. Maybe, maybe you're not all in the game. No guts, no glory. Maybe it's time to toughen up, claw your way to the top, look out for number one, take a risk. Push past the weak and cautious. Yes, that's the way the world works. If you're tough enough, if you're willing to put your goal above and ahead of everything and everyone else, you too can be the top dog and leave the wannabes in the dust. So why are so many of those at the top getting divorced? going into rehab facilities of one sort or another, chucking it all for a ranch in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, seeking wisdom from the Dalai Lama, and telling the rest of us that money cannot buy happiness. People who can use their money, their celebrity status, or their power to seek wisdom and peace. But what they find lacking is a permanence, It's not sufficient for the long haul. When the going gets tough, their man-made salvation vanishes. It disappears on the slightest breeze of unrest. Isaiah 29 verse 14 says, I will destroy the wisdom of those who claim to know and understand. We are not saved by power, but by weakness. When we're full of our own insufficient power, we cannot hear the words of truth. However, when we are at our weakest, when we are stripped bare, when there are no more worldly distractions, then we can finally hear the spirit of God calling us to the only true and sure way to salvation. Wall Street will not open the doors to salvation, but the gutter just might. Hollywood will not lead you to salvation, but the cancer ward just might. The foxhole with bullets flying overhead just might. The jail cell just might. The refugee camp just might. The soup kitchen at the homeless shelter just might be the place that a person finds salvation. Because when the bottom falls out of our lives, we are ready to hear the message of God's lasting hope. Everything the world offers will lead you down a dead-end detour. But when you reach that dead end and turn around, you will see a nail-scarred Jesus with his arms reaching for you, waiting for you yes, we proclaim Christ crucified. We preach that Christ was nailed to a cross to give believers salvation from certain eternal death. We do not have to fight a battle that we cannot win, for Christ did it for us. Jesus Christ took on our nature, our shame, our failures, our arrogance, our grief, our poor choices, our outright rebellion. He took the whole messy load and carried it to hell where he dumped it at the devil's feet. He told the evil one what he could do with that load of sin. And then Christ rose again. And now that we are washed clean by the blood of Christ, he has given us an invitation to be his guests by his side in heaven. Amen. Why did God choose this path, though, for salvation? A life that can only be reached through death. A God who sets aside his divine nature to take on ours. I may never understand it, but that's okay. Because as today's scripture says, God's foolishness, if he were able to be foolish, is wiser than human wisdom. God was wise and he decided not to let the people of this world use their wisdom to learn about him. If he had done otherwise, we would be so full of ourselves, we could not make room for him. The ultimate gift of the riches of heaven can only be attained through a nobody from nowhere born in a barn to a peasant family. As an adult, he has no home, no steady job. He lived off handouts. His friends deserted him when he needed them the most, and his brothers thought he was a fanatic, if not a downright lunatic. And in the end, he died a criminal's death and was buried in a borrowed tomb. What was God? Thinking. But God's ways are often foolish, if not absurd, to this world. Think about it a 90 year old woman giving birth. Can you imagine the Medicare claim from an obstetrician? Was the child born in a geriatric ward? And then God chose a stuttering murderer to go before the most powerful ruler at that time to demand that he grant freedom to a whole nation of slaves. He picked the runt of the litter, a mere boy watching the family sheep, to become the greatest king the Jewish nation would ever have. A boy God knew would grow up to kill his best friend in order to steal his friend's wife. Oh, and by the way, that king, his great-great-grandmother, worked the red-light district of Jericho. Really? (laughs) Yes. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. So once again, why did God choose the path of an ugly, shameful death? I say it was to prove his love for us. You see, God created mankind out of love and provided for all our needs in abundance. But human nature thought we could do better. And out of his love, God let us walk the path we chose. We mucked up our lives, our minds, our spirits, our relationships, and the very world around us. And God waited patiently for us to acknowledge the error of our ways and return to his loving care. But again, we chose our foolishness over God's wisdom. And so out of his love, God sent prophets to warn his people. And still we continued to follow our path instead of his. And by now we have built such a debt of guilt that we cannot pay. So again, to prove his love, God sent his son Jesus to pay our debt. Before he did so, Jesus lived among us as one of us so that no one could say, you just don't understand. Jesus fully understands what we face. And then he was crucified to death to accomplish the death of death. Jesus wiped out all future debt to sin. He wiped out our debt without our asking for help, without our deserving his help. He paid the price in full for our future sins because he canceled out death completely. All we have to do is bend our will to his and accept his give of undeserved love and mercy his gift is ours for the asking and so the cross defines our world it was that darkest moment in history that moment of our savior dying on a cross that led to the light that darkness cannot overcome and so we live as people of grace Righteousness, holiness, and redemption are ours through grace. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.